Just take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Genesis 41. Genesis 41. And we're going to be looking at a good bit of Scripture, so if you, you didn't bring your Bible this morning, get one of the few Bibles and turn with us in that, and we're going to be working our way through part of this chapter as we continue to think about Joseph and the many ways in which he showed his stewardship. A young man needed a job, and somebody told him about a, a business that they, they, he, they thought had an opening. And so he went to see the manager, and the manager said, Son, I'm sorry, you're a little bit late. We already have a thousand applications for this job. And the young man stopped and said, Well, said, how about hiring me to classify all those applications for you? And that was a young man who showed some initiative, who was willing to not just take an opportunity, but to make an opportunity. And if you stop and think, that's the way Joseph was. He was working to try to make himself some opportunities in life, in life, some opportunities for the Lord, really. Now, you're pretty familiar with the story of Joseph. You remember that he was his father's favorite son, had a whole bunch of older brothers, and because he was his father's favorite, and his father had given him a special coat, and his brothers you know, just got to the place where they literally hated him. And so when they got the opportunity, they sold him off to a bunch of traders. And these traders, these merchants, took him down to Egypt and sold him as a slave. And he got, you know, bought by a man named Potiphar down in Egypt. Potiphar was a pretty well-to-do person, had a pretty high position in the government. And so Joseph started doing his best there. And because he did his best there, he worked hard there, he took advantage of that opportunity as, as little as it was, and pretty soon he was in charge of the whole household of Potiphar until Potiphar's wife came along and started trying to seduce Joseph. He wouldn't have anything to do with it, said it was a sin. And so, you know, she finally got angry at him and accused him of attempting to rape her. And so... Potiphar comes home, hears the story, has Joseph thrown in prison. Well, here was another opportunity, but it was even lower than the opportunity of being a household slave. But he made this best of that opportunity. And pretty soon the, the, the warden of the prison, you know, realized the capabilities that he had and he put him kind of as, as an assistant manager to the, running the prison. Well, two men from Pharaoh's court got put into prison, a baker and a cupbearer. They had dreams. Joseph interpreted the dreams for them, said that the, you know, the baker was going to lose his life. He was you know, going to be hanged by the king, by Pharaoh, but that the cupbearer was going to get his old job back. And Joseph said, when you go back to Pharaoh, tell him about me. Well, he was still pushing for that opportunity but nothing happened right away. If you look at the last chapter, of, last verse of chapter 40, it says, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So that's where we're going to pick up today with chapter 41. When two full years had passed, two full years after Joseph had told that cupbearer to remember him to Pharaoh, two years after Joseph had already been a slave, what? 11 years, 
Because you see, he was about 30 now, and when he was sold by his brothers as a slave, he was 17. So it had been a long time. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. The Nile's the chief river in Egypt, you know, and it you know, would overflow its banks and deposit silt there so that the soil was fertile. It provided the water for the nation. It was an important river. He was standing by the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. Egypt's had a hot climate, and so a lot of times cows will go down into the water, cools them off, keeps the insects off of them. Wouldn't be anything unusual for the cows to come up out of the river and start grazing among the reeds. So they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. Two sets of cows, two herds of cows, if you have it that way. You know, fat, sleek cows, emaciated, ugly-looking cows. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. Man, if I had a dream about a cow eating another cow, I think I'd wake up too. Pretty awesome dream. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. One dream right after another, troubling dreams. So in the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. No matter how wise the wise men were in Egypt, they couldn't make sense of those troubling dreams. But look what happened. Then the cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his, his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. Well, finally, after two years, the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph. Now, how about that? Does it ever amaze you of God's timing? What if the cupbearer had gone immediately after he got his old job back and went up to Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh, you know, there's this guy in the prison with me. I think he's been treated unfairly. You know, you maybe ought to see about signing a pardon for him. You think Pharaoh would have? Uh-uh. You know, he didn't care about some Hebrew that had gotten himself locked up for no good cause. So what? But now he was troubled. Now was an opportunity. And just at that time, the baker... The uh, cupbearer remembers. It's amazing how God works things out, isn't it? Look at verse 14. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. Now look at this sentence. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. That 
part of that verse just jumps out at me. When, when he shaved and changed his clothes, why would he shave? Hebrews had beards. So, you know, that's just the way Hebrews were. In Isaiah, it says that the Egyptians were a smooth-skinned people. They didn't have beards. Joseph went in with the beard. He might not fit in as well as he needed to to make the impression he wanted to make. And he also changed his clothes. He wasn't going to see Pharaoh in his prison garb. He had somebody bring him some decent clothes so that he could make the right impression from the start. When my son was in college, right not long before he graduated, one of his professors had a job coach come in and talk to one of his classes and, you know, told them how to dress and how to act so that they could make the right impression and get a job when they had the opportunity. So here was Joseph's big opportunity. And he was going to do everything he could to take advantage of that opportunity. In verse 15, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Now, Pharaoh was making a mistake there. He was thinking that the interpretation of these dreams could be brought about by human wisdom. Joseph's going to correct him. Now, he's pretty bold, corrected Pharaoh, but listen to what he says. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Guess what? After 13 years of rotten luck, Joseph still had his faith. 13 years of one bad break after another. And Joseph still had his faith. I can't do it, but God can do it. He still trusted in God, and he was still going to follow God's ways. So, you know, Pharaoh told his dream to Joseph. So skip down uh, to the last part of verse 24. Pharaoh said, I told this to the magicians, but none could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. See, Joseph keeps going back to God, keeps witnessing to his faith in God, keeps witnessing to what God is able to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterward are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. We don't know much about famine in our nation. You know, I don't know that there's really ever been a famine in the United States. But, you know, we're in contact with enough of the world today through media to, to see what a famine can be like. You've seen the refugee camps in Africa where, you know, thousands of people literally starve to death. Famine can be a terrible thing. That kind of thing was what Egypt was facing. Seven years of famine would be devastating. Joseph went on, it is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it. Now, to that point, 
Joseph is answering what Pharaoh asked him to do. Pharaoh said, I need somebody to interpret this dream. Come and interpret this dream. Joseph has interpreted the dream. He has told Pharaoh what the dreams mean and that you know, what they are, is being revealed to him is going to take place. Now watch this. Beyond what Pharaoh asked, Joseph is going to add something else. Listen to what he says. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Ooh. I wonder who Joseph was thinking that might be. Then he fails out a plan. Let Pharaoh appoint a commissioner over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that they are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. Look what happened. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Wow. Opportunity. Opportunity about to be realized. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Wow. Think about it. And one day, Joseph had gone from being his father's favorite son to being a slave on the way to Egypt to be sold. One day, made such a change. Joseph got up one morning. He was in the dungeon of a prison. By the end of that day, he was second in command of all of Egypt. He took off like a rocket. Isn't it amazing what happens and what can happen quickly when God begins to work? Even Pharaoh realized that God was with Joseph. And so he put him in charge of what was there. Now, stop and think about some of these things because they have some lessons for us. Joseph took and or made his opportunity. You know, he did it more than once. He kept trying to make this thing work, to try to get ahead, to try to do what he felt like he could do. Uh, remember when... He was uh, taken, first of all, to Potiphar. Well, he took that as an opportunity to advance. Yeah, he was a slave, but he was going to make the best of being that slave. Then, you know, when he was put in the prison, he made the best of, you know, being in prison. Got put second in command in the prison. He, he told that cupbearer, remember me before Pharaoh. Every time he had a chance, he, had to, he tried to make an opportunity. He had tried to take an opportunity or to make an opportunity. Sometimes we have to make our opportunities. Francis Bacon you know, said that you know, a man may, must make his opportunities as well as take them. Back in, oh, I guess the 1950s, early 60s, there was a popular movie that was called The Music Man. And the music man was claimed to be Dr. Harold Hill. 
And he went to this small town where he started to work there. And, and he kind of liked the town librarian. It's kind of a funny thing. The librarian's name was Marion. Marion the librarian. Uh, so, you know, they met down in the park one day. And he, he was trying to talk her into going out with him. And uh, she, she was attracted to him, but she didn't want to appear too eager. She said, no, no, I don't think so right now. And so he kept asking her to go out with him, and, you know, she kept refusing. And finally she said, well, well, maybe tomorrow. And he said something really significant to her. He said to her at that point, pile up enough tomorrows, and you will find you have nothing left but a bunch of empty yesterdays. You've got to take advantage of your opportunities when they come. Sometimes you've got to make your opportunities. Joseph took the opportunity. He made the opportunity. He was seeking to do what needed to be done. And notice something else about Joseph. He realized and emphasized that everything that happened was coming from God. It wasn't from him. It was from God. You know, look, look at some of these verses here. Well, or I can read them for you. But uh, verse 16, he said, I cannot do it, but God will give Pharaoh the answer that he desires. And over verse 25, he said, God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. You know, verse 33, and let Pharaoh look for a discerning, well, excuse me, not 33, 38. Uh, so Pharaoh asked him, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom the Spirit of God it was just evident from his life that God was working in his life. Joseph always went back, always acknowledged God, always sought to do what was right according to God. Back over when Potiphar's wife was seducing him. Remember what he said to her? How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Joseph acknowledged God, Joseph feared God, Joseph obeyed God, Joseph trusted in God. And because of that, he had God's help and direction and guidance. God was working at all of these things. Stop and think about it, how God worked in this. Joseph, father's favorite son, he knew what it was like to kind of have the honored position he had, he had learned that from being a ch one of his experiences as a child. Then Joseph got sold as a slave. He was sold to Potiphar. He started managing Potiphar's household. You, you see, a steward is someone who manages the property of someone else. And so he learned how to manage a household, how to run things on a, evidently a pretty large scale. Then he got put into prison. And guess what? He was the manager of a prison, second in command in the prison, even though he was still a prisoner himself. So when the opportunity came to be second in command of all in Egypt and take on this monstrous bureaucracy to run it in a way that would save the nation from famine, he was ready. But who would have thought that God would have used the hatred of his brothers, the 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 treachery of an unfaithful wife, the uh, being put in prison, being forgotten by the cupbearer. God used all of those things 
so that when the opportunity, the big chance really came, he was able to take it, and he realized it was all from God. And so he used that opportunity. He used that opportunity to provide for the Egyptians. He used that opportunity to provide for some of the surrounding nations. He used that opportunity to provide for his own family so that during that famine that had struck their part of the world too, they were provided for and had enough. He used his opportunity to benefit others. Guess what? In that way, Joseph was very much like Jesus. Because Jesus used his opportunity to benefit others. He took the opportunity to leave heaven, to come here to earth. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, But when the time set had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the adoption to sonship. Jesus was willing to leave his glorious place in heaven, angels attending him, praising him, he left that to come to this earth full of sinners and to the back corner of it at that be born of a poor girl in the midst of a poor, oppressed country. He took the opportunity to leave heaven and to come to us. He took the opportunity to die for us you see, at just the right time, when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus saw our need. He had the opportunity to become the sacrificial lamb of God, to die for our sins, to die in our place, to die on a cruel cross, and he took it. Because he made us, and he loves us. And he left heaven, and he came to earth, and he died on the cross. Seems like tragic to do such a thing, but he turned it into an opportunity so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins, have a relationship with God, and have eternal life. But you've got some opportunities. What opportunities do you have? What opportunities would you like to have? When you get your opportunities... How will you use them? Will you use them for salvation? I think it's interesting. Toward the end of his life, Joseph said to his brothers, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That's the business that God's in, isn't it? He wanted to save the lives of the Egyptians. He's in the business of saving lives. That's what he wants. Over in 1 Peter chapter 3, Simon Peter said, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to salvation. Hey, guess what? That includes you. If you come to salvation... If you come to the place where you've turned from your sin and received Jesus as your Savior, opened your life to Him, received the gift of eternal life that He wants to give you, that's what God wants. That's what He wants. That's what He wants for you. Will you use that opportunity for salvation? When you get your opportunity, if you're a believer, will you use it for witness? The Bible says, 
be wise in the way you work, act toward outsiders, those outside the faith. Be wise in the way. Joseph was wise in the way he acted toward Pharaoh. You've got to be wise in the way you act toward unbelievers. Make the most of every opportunity, every door that God opens for you to glorify Him in some way. Take advantage of it. Let your conversation always be full of grace. Man, what good advice. If you're a believer, let your conversation be full of grace. Show the mercy of God. Tell the love of God. Be forgiving. Show grace in all your relationships. Season with salt. What does salt do? Well, salt adds some flavor. You know, don't be boring. Add some flavor to what's going on around you. What does salt do? Well, salt can bring healing. You know, gets rid of some of the, the, the bacteria that could be there. You know, you know, be working for good. Salt preserves. If you tell about the things of Jesus and the one who can preserve for eternity, then you're on the right track so that you may know how to answer everyone. Be ready. Be ready. Be prepared to take the opportunity that God has given you. Use your opportunity for good. Be very careful then how you live. We're setting an example for the people around us. Not as unwise, not as the people out doing all these foolish things that people do, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity to bring about good in whatever situation you're in. Why? Because the days are evil. There's evil all around us. We've got to be the ones that take the opportunity to bring good into those situations. What an opportunity was available to those who started this church. When this church started, this, this area was on the growth edge of the Columbia metropolitan area. And God led some people to see that. And they prayed and they planned, and they worked, and with God's help, they brought this church into existence. And down through the years, this church has been a blessing to people. It's been a blessing to families. It's been a blessing to this community. It's been used by God. I had two people this morning just pray in prayer, Lord, thank you for Holiday Baptist Church and for the blessing it's been to my family. Wow, this, God's used this church. They took advantage of the opportunity that they had, and we're still being blessed by their willingness to take advantage of that opportunity. What an opportunity we have right now at this church, at this time. For you see, God has brought us to this place at this time. And God is going to continue to work among us, and God is going to continue to use us. God is going to give us additional opportunities to serve Him here to bless people here, to bless this community here. So we're busy doing just what was done a long time ago. We were praying, and we are planning, and we're putting into action some plans to make some things happen to keep moving us forward as a church. Now, i tell you what, it might not seem like every one of them works. We might try some things, and it might work or it might not. You know, but didn't seem like it was going to work for Joseph when he got sold as a slave to Potiphar. Didn't seem like it was going to work for Joseph when he got thrown in prison. But God was working at every one of those things. Even though they didn't just work out as he had planned, God still used them. And then came the big opportunity. One of the things he planned finally worked out. And it will be the same with us. But let me remind you of something. 
Let me remind you of something. Back over there in verse 14, chapter 41. Notice what Joseph did. So Sarah sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. He made himself like one who would fit in where he needed to fit in so he could have an influence for God. Society changes, folks. You know what? It's not 1955 anymore, and it's never going to be 1955 again. And if we were just like we, if we stayed just like we were in 1955, we're not going to make the least bit of difference on the society in which we live now. Sometimes you have to change so that you can be where God wants you to be so that you can take advantage of the opportunities that God has for you. What an opportunity we have now is God is still working among us. So consider some things as you strive to be good stewards of your opportunities. You know, a steward is someone who manages something for someone else. You know, everything we have belongs to God. We're to manage everything in our life for His glory. So think about these things. First of all, trust God to work in things. His ways are perfect. His timing is perfect. You can trust God. He's going to be helping with all of this. And then seize your opportunity when it's available or make an opportunity if you don't have one. Figure out what you can do. When you get an opportunity, do your best. Joseph always did his best. He did his best as a household slave. He did his best as a prisoner. Then he did his best as second in command of all of Egypt. Do your best. Give God the glory. Give God the glory for the help and the blessings that he gives. It all comes from him because he's a good and gracious God. And then take the responsibilities that you have and use them to help carry out God's plans because that's what's going to pay off now and for eternity. The next few moments, be thinking about Joseph and how he was a good, good, took, was a good steward of his opportunities and how you can be a good steward of your opportunities.